If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's completely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Strictly Sports. I'm Jacob Brown. Join here with Steve Cashin. We're here to do some baseball previews. Now, we did 30 individual team previews earlier uh, in this hiatus of baseball, uh, but they were not updated to, you know, the National League having the DH to the 60-game format. So Steve and I's prediction, they went totally in different directions here since then. So we wanted to do previews for each region, meaning we'll do a pod right now. We're doing the Central for the AL and NL Central. Uh, on Tuesday, we'll release the AL and NL West, and then Wednesday, the day before the season starts on Thursday, we'll do AL and NL East. Uh, just letting you know, we're not going to really cover the teams that just are kind of out of the picture. Uh, so for this pod specifically, no Tigers, no Royals, no Pirates. If you want to hear about those teams, you can go listen to the individual pods about them if you're a fan of any of those teams. But for now, we're just going to stick to the uh, competitive teams. I'm telling you, though, Steve... I saw Aaron Judge and Stanton Homer in last night, and I just got that itch for baseball. We're back, man. Oh, yeah. Watching the opening night Saturday, you know, the Yankees and Mets on national TV. You know, I was thinking, how is it going to play out? No fans. You know, first game back. What's the energy going to be like? I don't think anyone missed a beat. I think everyone's glad to be back. Baseball was taken away for months. We have been battling back and forth. Are we going to get a deal? Are we going to get baseball? Now we're here. We're three days out. Can't wait. You know, it's going to be a great season. I'm looking forward to it, and we're going to get out of the gate here rolling, and it's going to be very exciting. I mean, you, you've been teasing to me. You've got some prediction changes, so we're, we're waiting for those. Yeah, well, you know, maybe we'll see. Maybe people might make fun of the predictions. People, I already told my brother about the predictions. He's like, that's stupid. Do you have no idea what you're talking about? I'm like, he didn't even know who the evil empire was. I'm like, that's the Yankees, man. And he's like, okay. so, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'll get, I'll get those at the end, so. So we'll start off here with the uh, the Twins because they won the AL Central last year. They won 100 games. Uh, so we'll just look at their lineup here real quick. So the way that I have it projected out, I've got Arise in the leadoff hole, then Polanco, Cruz, Donaldson, Kepler, Sano, Rosario, Garver, and then J.K. Buxton platooning in center field. I mean, you, you can't really complain about this lineup. I think – you know, with all the things that they did in the offseason, signing Donaldson, getting Maeda, Rich Hill for the rotation, uh, I don't think the 60-game format really changes my opinion on them. They're going to rake. They set a home run record last year. Yeah, adding Donaldson, too. We talked about that in our original uh, team previews. I think, you know, my prediction for AL MVP is Donaldson. I think wow. you're going to see – I really think you're going to see him go off and get a second MVP of his career – I think in a historical fashion and in a short season, I think guys have to get out to a quick start and go right away. And he's a guy who has a pure swing, really doesn't strike out a whole lot, has a has a good approach at the plate. So I, that's my pick for AL MVP right now. And getting that kind of caliber player to your roster that already raked last season, like you said, hitting a ton of homers. 
this offense is going to be one to reckon with in a short season, and pitchers are going to have a tough time getting outs in this lineup. Man, that's a bold one. I mean, you know, he had 37 bombs, 94 ribbies last year, which, I mean, you know, that's fucking high level right there. But, I mean, I see what you're saying because in a short season, you need a guy with high intensity, and Donaldson's always there in intensity level. So when I'm looking at a guy who, you know, you want to get off to a quick start, Donaldson's the dude. Yeah, I mean, I like his approach. I've liked him. When he was in Toronto, um, I that's where I really kind of gained, you know, respect for him in, in his game. His Not only offense, defensively, he has a good, good glove out there and an all-around good player and one of the one of the better players in the league today. And, you know, going back to the whole Twins lineup as a whole, you know, there's not many there's not many easy outs in that lineup. You know, you got Sano, Kepler, Cruz, Polanco. So, you know, going one through six, it's just it's not it's going to be a nightmare for pitchers. And we saw that last year. They kind of ran out of steam going towards, you know, ending up with the Yankees and not having enough offense. I think the bus just kind of slowed down there. And then you go to the pitching, too. The pitching has been, you know, it's not outstanding, but, you know, your first two guys can get the job done. You have Maeda as well. So an overall complete team, and I think it's going to be one of the playoff contenders throughout this whole season. Yeah, I just think there's too much there not to continue. I mean, they also have the pen even, too, that, you know, they've tell Rogers is a closer. Trevor May is really good. They got Romo three rings in there. So, I mean, you know, I'm looking at that pen. Not even holes there. That rotation, I mean, yeah, Rich Hill's 40 years old. You, you don't know what you're going to get with him. He gets blisters every other start, it seems. But, uh, I mean, they have Michael Pineda, who I, I think he's suspended, so he might really not be a factor at all this year. But, yeah, I mean, Barrios and Odorizzi are really good. Uh, I don't think either of them's an ace because, you know, Odorizzi's ERA, 3-5-1, Barrios, 3-8-6-8. Uh, That's not ace level, but when you have two guys at the top there, with that lineup, you don't really need an ace like that if you've got guys swinging like they have. Yeah, Odorisi is a guy at, with the with Tampa. He was always not a strikeout pitcher, but he knew what he had on the offensive side, and that's evident here in in Minnesota. He he does he's got to go out there and just do his job. You know, pitch to contact, do do your thing. Don't try to do too much, and you know your offense is going to get score you six seven runs in a night. So if you're just limiting the damage, giving up one or two runs you're going to get at the win. You're going to be slated for a win at the end of the night. And that's what I did all last year. And he didn't do, he just kind of kept it simple and kind of flew under the radar, to be honest, with the whole league. And looking at his stats going into this year, he's, I think he's going to have a really good year, you know, have a few, I think seven or eight starts. I think most of these starters are only going to get about 10 starts max in the whole year. So look for him to get out the gate going and be one of our better uh, starters through this season. Yeah, now, you know, I'm looking at the White Sox, too, and th- this is one of the teams that I looked at, and, you know, I'm, I'm just looking and I see there's no way this lineup can miss the playoffs, but when you look at the overall American League and you say, oh, shit, you can only fit five teams in here, some team has got to go. I'll reveal that team, which one I have missing later. I think people that know me, they can probably guess just based out of my, uh, my hatreds for some teams, but, uh, you know, I look at this White Sox lineup and it's just... You have Edwin Encarnacion. They just signed him. The dude every year, 30 and 100. Jose Abreu every year, 30 and 100. Moncada, top five third baseman. Eloy Jimenez, 35 bombs last year. Tim Anderson won the batting title. Grandal's arguably the best catcher in baseball. You have Robert in center field, who's a, the number three prospect in baseball. 
their lineup is just as good as the Twins in my estimation. And you look at that rotation, I think Giolito probably, if he repeats what he did last year, is better than Barrios, better than Odorizzi. And then you have Dallas Keuchel, you have Reynaldo Lopez. You know, Lopez has struggled, but he's young, short in season. Maybe he catches fire. They also have some prospects, too, in that rotation. Penn is pretty good. I have the White Sox making the playoffs. That lineup is too good to miss in a short season. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad prediction. I've been reading some good things about the White Sox. Last night, an interesting article on MLB, and they were talking about teams that could have potential to, to you know, rotate their lineup around, you know, maneuver things and, and make the playoff play the hot hand because it's such a short season, and the White Sox are one of them. Blue Jays were another, and um, i got to look at the other team, but the White Sox can really just – they can have fun with this season and just kind of – they have nothing to lose, really, you think about it. In a short season, you can do mix and match. And with the lineup they have, you know, Tim Anderson, I think, is going to have his coming out party again. He's going to be lights out. I, I wasn't really high on him when he first got to the league. You know, I thought he was kind of, you know, Mr. Showbo, not, you know, let's see on the field. And he's kind of proven everyone wrong. Hey, I can do it. And 18 homers, 56 RBIs last year, batting three thirty five. I think it's only going to go skyrocketing this year. And to back that up, Jose Abreu, Ed Carnacion in the four hole. It's just, and you add a grand all catcher. So that, that lineup itself is going to be dangerous. The only question mark I have for this team is the pitching. Can Carnaldo yeah. Lopez be your good, solid third starter? Giolito and Keiko, it's a good, solid one, two punch. But after that, who's going to be in Gio Gonzalez? Not bad. I mean, he gets the job done year in and year out. But Lopez is the wild card for me. If he can step up and really be the guy, this team will make the playoffs. But right now I have them just missing ever so slightly. And But, you know, who knows? I mean, I could be wrong, and they this team could really catch fire, and they could win the division, and they could make the wild card. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, the thing I look at with Keuchel and, Lo- and Gonzalez is this the only thing that makes me kind of on the fence with them is that they're lefties that don't throw hard, and they've got to face that Twins lineup a lot. You know, if they're off on location, that's almost like throwing BP to those guys. I mean, you know, Cruz, Donaldson, Sano, that's right-handed power that not a lot of teams have. And now, because you have to face the NL Central teams, they've got to face the Brewers with all that right-handed thump. You have the Cubs with Bryant, Baez, Contreras. You know, they're going to have to really have pinpoint location to face some of these big boppers in the lineups in the NL Central, too. And you've got Cincinnati on the Central side, yeah, too. Yeah, right. Now, you even look at Cincinnati. They have the, the DH now. So, all these all these NL teams that we were talking about, maybe, hey, what how's their offense going to look? But now, adding this DH in, these teams are going to have to factor in one spot that they didn't have to worry about. You don't have to worry about a pitcher batting anymore. So, these teams are going to add something to their arsenal. And like you said, Keuchel, if he's not in his Cy Young form, pinpointing, you know, spots and hitting everything he needs to hit. He doesn't throw the ball. He doesn't overpower much. The way he strikes guys out is he gets them off balance, throw that high fastball, get in a certain spot, and he's going. So if he's not really – if he's not on his on his game and you're not pinpointing it up against the Twins, you're going to have a rough day at the office. And, you know, we'll see Lopez and Keiko if they can really dial it in. Like I said, they will be – a team to reckon with in this season. Watch out for the White Sox. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I agree with everything you just said, and we just did the two top ones in our estimation in the NL Central. I mean, in the AL Central. Now we'll go to the NL side and, and look at those t- top two teams. At least to me, the top two are Reds-Cubs. 
Uh, I think their offenses are great. Uh, I think the Reds, though, in a short season, uh, they're they're going to be kings of this division. I mean, you look at this lineup. Uh, Akiyama, who knows what he does coming over from Japan. Uh, you know, he had really great numbers over there. But now that they have that DH, you don't have to put Castellanos in the outfield, which he's not the best defender. So now they can keep him on the offensive side and put a guy like our city's Aquino in there full time, or you could put Nick Senzel in there full time. Who's a young player, you know, kind of rising in there. So you look at that lineup for the Reds, Castellanos, Suarez is a beast. Moustakis, Votto. I don't buy him being a league average player again. You know, he had a 332 Oba 101 weighted drunk created plus, which is right at league average. He's Joey Votto. I mean, come on, he's going to be back. I know he's 36, but in a short season, He's going to work the count against pitchers that aren't as tuned up. We know he can walk. He gets on base. I think he's going to be perfect in that two-hole, setting up the rest of that lineup. And then, yeah, Jesse Winker in there, pretty decent, complimentary player. But with the roster that they have, like I said, if he struggles, put Aquino out there. Put Nick Senzel in left field. They've got options there. And then you look at that rotation. In a short season, you've got Castillo, Gray, Bauer, DeSclafani, Wade Miley, you can't get much better than that. That's one of the top, arguably, three rotations in baseball if it pans out. And then bullpen, Amir Garrett, Rezel Iglesias, Pedro Strope, Lorenzen. I mean, you know, the Cubs have virtually no good relievers. Uh, the Reds, to me, in a short season especially, are going to run away with this division. Yeah, I I don't, I don't have them running away with it, which, you know, now looking at this whole now looking and breaking down this Reds roster, you know, they could very well, you know, win this division by three or four games. Um, right now I have them in Chicago tying for the division and then playing a, a one game playoff to break the tiebreaker. But I think the Reds could really run away with it because of the pitching. The hitting is, is they got a solid ro- ro- roster and then the rotation back behind it, Castillo, Gray, Bauer, Really, I mean, three guys that can just go and dominate. And every fifth day, you're you're facing one of those three guys. Castillo, to me, throws the ball really hard. He pins it up. Three, four ERA. Look for that to come down. I think a lot this year, to, down to in the two five range, I would say. But Bauer's gonna have a bounce back here as well. You know, getting traded mid-season last year, working on his stuff, crafting it. I've been listening to him talk, and he's really ready for the season to start. And he's been an advocate to get back on the field since day one, since they they shut down all the facilities. And he's ready to get back and go. I really like this Reds team. They will make the postseason. I think I have them winning a series in this in this postseason. So look for them to make some do some damage, and you know, good things to come from this Reds organization this year. I don't know if you saw it, but I saw. Pitching Ninja on Twitter, he always tracks like really good movement pitches. Uh, Bauer threw a backdoor two-seamer yesterday. That I mean, it had sick movement. This dude, he, he talks about it all the time. He is always in there looking for new pitches to figure out because they have the. He explained the new technology. They have technology where you can actually look at your grip, and a, and the computer tells you, okay, you need your fingers to be right here on the seams, off the seams. You know, they, they know exactly how to throw it. He basically said, if I wanted to learn Mariano Rivera's cutter, I can do that now with this, you know, machine, this technology. Bowerman, he, he's got so many. He probably has 12, 15 different pitches that he just doesn't tell anyone about. Yeah, watching him on the mound, it's kind of impressive to, to see. It's, a, it's an art form. I say pitching is an art form. 
talking about you can throw pitches different ways. You can throw the fastball four or five different ways if you want to grip it a certain way. You can throw a backdoor two-seam, like you said. You can throw a four-seamer that just goes dead straight, high fastball. You can throw the curveball two different ways, I said, too. You can throw it. You can you can do a 12-6, lob it in there, and, and kind of throw the batter off, or you can just snap that thing off. So he talk about a guy that really takes pride into, into his craft and really trying to improve himself every single day. And to me, it just hasn't really translated in the last couple of years. He's you know been up and down. Last year, obviously, like I said, getting traded. This year, I really think he's going to have a coming out year and just really bounce back and could be one of their best starters and move up in that rotation, maybe be in the two-hole. Sonny Grave, they flip-flop, and him and Castillo go one and two. But we'll see. But this pen, this pen too, I like Amir Garrett. Talk about a hard throwing lefty. He reminds me of, of Chapman out there when I yeah. watch him. It just it's almost identical in their mannerisms when they're out there. Uh, it's just it's kind of scary to watch him out there in the last eight, you know eight or nine in the eighth ninth inning. If this team gets ahead, this pen can really shut the door on teams that are really trying to come back in a ball game. Yeah, for sure. And, and now we look at the Cubs. Uh, the DH really helps them out too because now they can get. Schwarber off the field finally. We all know they, they, they're probably the National League team that wanted the DH the most. They're like, guys, Schwarber's a DH. We can't keep putting him in left field. But, you know, last year, 38 homers, 92 ribbies. They'll take whatever he does defensively and left. But now that you get to put him at DH, they can now put other guys in there. I personally, I had them putting in David Bodie. Uh, he's one of their good bench players. Uh, I'm sure everyone's seen that walk-off grand slam that he hit either last year or the year before. He's a really good player, moves around, plays a bunch of positions. I think he'll be in the lineup a lot more. Your guy, Steven Souza, he used to rake against the Yankees. Uh, he's a great guy against left-handed pitching, uh, so he'll get a lot of playing time now that they have the DH. Um, I also think Kipnis, too, and he had a home run last night in an inter-squad game uh, against the White Sox, and this is a guy, last two years, hasn't really performed a lot, but if he gets going, that's another bat for them, too. Um, but in total... I have Bryant leading off, then Rizzo. Uh, because now I, I know I don't necessarily agree with Bryant leading off, but the Cubs do that, so that's why I put that on our dock here. Uh, but it goes Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Schwarber, Contreras, Hayward, uh, probably Ian Happ seventh, uh, then Nico Horner or Jason Kipnis eighth, or David Bodie eighth, and then you know Kipnis whatever Horner ninth. Uh, but that's a great lineup too. Probably a better lineup than the Reds. Which is why I need. I understand why you have them tied because offensively the Cubs are definitely better. Yeah, that's where our, it's you know it's kind of fire and ice kind of mixing together here. You got the Cubs who have a really strong lineup here that can really score a lot of runs. Then you have the Reds who have a good pitching staff, and those two are going to offset each other when they play each other head to head. Who what what who's going to win at the end of the day? Is the Cubs offense going to overpower and figure out you know that staff? Or is that staff going to dominate the Cubs side? And I don't see those two really outlasting one or the two. I think they they split the season series, if we're being honest here. And then it's going to come down to who's going to like play the the other division, who's going to play the AL Central better than the other team. So right now, you know, from on paper, I just see them being an even team because I have them both at 32 and 28 at the end of the season. You know, that could very much well that could change. You know, drastically, because I think the Cubs, if they can't get the pitching, your offense can only carry you so far. And I'm, I've been preaching that from day one, you know, watching baseball. You know, you can't, 
you can't ride the offense. We we saw it with Minnesota last year. That's the, the prime example. You can only hit so many homers, and once you get to the end of the season, it gets to crunch time. You know, you you need your pitching to come through for you, and your offense can only do so much. So, but I look at this Cubs lineup, and you know, Br- Brizzo, uh, Brian Rizzo. Baez, Schwarber, and even Contreras. I like Contreras a lot. The catching spot has kind of gone by the wayside as of late in the MLB game. You know, hitting 24 and 60, 24 homers and 64 RBIs. You can't ask for more as a catcher. So he's a good, a good, good one to have in the five yeah, spot. Yeah, 105 games too. Yeah. So you look at that. You give him another, you know, 40 games. Who knows where he'd be you know, stat wise. Only thing about Contreras is his 25% strikeout um, percentage that yeah. needs to get cut down if you want him to be uh, putting up the same numbers as he did last year. Uh, so I look at this this Cubs team, not not too bad. The pitching, you, know, you Darvish, is he going to be able to bounce back? Can it, can he go into the old you, know, you that we saw with the Texas Rangers in his first couple years? Kyle Hendricks, I like a lot. Pitches to contact, gets the job done, and Lester and Quintana. Well, Quintana is—he's—he's he's not playing, is he? Is he hurt? He might not be. Yeah, that's—that's that's not good. And by the way, I don't know if I even agree with this. They have Hendricks starting opening day, which I don't get at all. Because Darvish second half, two point seven six ERA. I don't get that at all. Yeah, I—I I didn't know they were—they were rolling Hendricks to start the year. So that's to me, if you're a Cubs fan, you're kind of shaking your head a little bit. Everyone's rolling out their best guy day one. I think you Darvish is by far. You know, the most improved player second half of the year. And now, you know, who knows? He's starting second game. But I would roll out your best guy to start the first, you know, make a statement. But, you know, Quintana, if if he's not out there, that hurts the Cubs even more. Because now if you're you're one starter or less, you got to roll in someone and find out a guy you're going to put in that fourth spot. So if, if he's not in there and he's and he's out long term, I don't know what the deal is there. Then Cincinnati, there's a door open for them. That that really hurts the Cubs pitching staff, and we'll, that really changes the dynamic of this division. Yeah, and then you know we were talking about that pen, and I left a note for myself on the dock when we were doing these videos. I said pen fucking sucks because it does. I mean, you got Craig, Craig Kimbrell who was terrible last year. I mean, his fastball just straight flat, and everyone hit a homer off it. Alec Mills, Kyle Ryan, Roman Wick. Jeremy Jeffress, Ryan Tapera, it's like, it's just meh. I mean, you just look, there's no guy in there that you're scared of at all in that bullpen. Brandon Morrow, too, is a closer. Uh, it, I don't know. I mean, I, I look at that pen, but now that you have to do the AL Central versus NL Central only, I look at them and I say, well, when the Cubs are facing the Twins, I like the Cubs better against the Twins than I like the Reds against the Twins because I think the Cubs could probably outslug the Twins in a little series, whereas the Reds, I don't know about that. But again, maybe the Reds pitching shuts down the Twins' offense. But who knows? I mean, I, I think the the really interesting part about this season is that now we have to compare teams that normally wouldn't be facing each other against teams that are now going to be facing each other. So matchups are going to be really important. And I think, you know, even the Reds, I think they match up better against the White Sox even because their bullpen and their rotation is better so I, I don't know. I, I look at matchups and I say it's going to be really close between those four teams. After those four, I think, you know, Indians, Brewers, Cardinals, they're kind of in the same mix there, kind of in the middle. But if they really pan out, those three teams could definitely step up, too. 
Yeah, I look at after the division winners, uh, the top three teams we talked about here, Twins, Cubs, Cincinnati, uh, Chicago, White Sox, they're kind of in the upper level tier of this region. And then everyone else, like I said, Cleveland, since uh, you know St. Louis, Milwaukee, they're in the they're gonna be around 500. I have them around the 500 mark this year, just because they don't have that it factor to me to be a team that can take the next step. You know, to briefly touch on Milwaukee, we talked about it before we got on. I think they're just not gonna have enough pitching. That's just yeah. the bottom line. They their offense isn't bad. They they added some guys. You got Abisal Garcia, Sogard. You added some pieces there. You have Yelich, their man out there. But pitching is just really gonna gonna kill them this year, and you need you need some sort of consistency there. And I just don't see how they're gonna piece together 60 games without a really good pitching staff. So I look at them, and you know, they who knows someone could take the step in, in the next step. The Cardinals could be a team that we're we're not even talking about and and kind of prove us all wrong and be the team they were last year. Just don't think their offense is as potent. As we as these other teams like Minnesota, Chicago, Cincinnati, just not going to have enough star power to to outlast some of these teams in a 60 game stretch. Yeah, I mean, I think hitting is is just more important than pitching this year. Just period. I mean, you, you're going to have to have guys just slugging all year because, you know, a lot of these teams, too. You know, we talked about it on our last pod with CJ on our normal pods. But, you know, some of these hitters are also going to be behind when the season starts. You know, they're going to have to get their timings back, too. So that's why lineups, offense is so important. Whichever lineup is hottest first has a huge advantage. Yeah, it's going to – because it's crazy. If no one that watches baseball and doesn't quite get it and thinks, oh, it's going to be the Yankees and Dodgers. Not necessarily because it's it's not 162 games. You have time in that – I keep saying it. You have time in that eight-month span to figure things out and, and turn turn the bus around. You have 10 games here to start the season. This first couple weeks here is going to be very telling of who's going to do what in this season. Two weeks, that's 14 games. You're already, you're almost a quarter of the way there of where you're going to be at the end of the season. So it's going to be a, a challenge for the managers. It's going to be a test to see who, what skipper can, you know, find the right mix and get the right lineup out there and win your games early on to start off. Because the more games you win early in the first 20 set, if a team's 14 and four, through 18, you're going to be you're going to be smooth sailing through the season, I think. And you've got to stay above 10 games, above 500, if you want to be that playoff team come October. Yeah, I agree. And and now I'm, I'm low key. I'm looking at the Indians, and I'm, a, I'm I'm not asking this as a joke to you know piss you off as a Rays fan, but you know you look at the Rays, and you know I know they're not going to play each other, but a lot of people are picking the Rays to go to the World Series because of their pitching. You know, especially with Meadows, the offense for the Rays doesn't look amazing. So when I look at the Indians' rotation, Bieber, Clevenger, Plesak, Savali, that's a damn good four. Carrasco, two at five. You know, if he comes back and can be the same guy, he obviously went through cancer and, you know, prayers out to him. Hopefully he can come back and be the same guy. You, you just don't know. But you look at that lineup and you have Lindor, Ramirez, Santana. It's a pretty good three. Reyes also, 37 bombs last year. Oscar Mercado, good young player. Santana, pretty good, you know, complimentary player. If they get some bats rolling with that pitching, you know, like I said, things have to go right for them. But if we're looking at the Rays as a World Series contender for their pitching and their limited offense, you got to say the same for the Indians, too. Yeah, I don't think enough people have given 
Cleveland enough credit. We we gave them kudos in the beginning when we thought we were going to play more than 60, even if they were going to play 82 games or 100. We said they were going to be one of the teams that ends up going and being a contender just because they're pitching alone. And you can, now that people are saying the Rays because they're pitching, you cannot turn your head and say, hey, the Indians aren't going to be, you know, can't do the same thing. I just don't think the Indians have that it factor to me. There is one team that kind of catches fire towards the end of the season. It's notorious. They always, around end of July, August, September, they really just go on a roll. And that happened last year, and they just missed the playoffs and yeah. kind of went backwards in September. But in a short season, if things go right, their offense starts off well. Pitching, you get a good one, two, three punch there. Who knows? We don't know yeah, what could yeah. happen. They could be the winners of of that division. We don't know. That it's just the way baseball is. It's a weird sport. We've seen crazier things happen. They could be the contender and they could really take over Minnesota if their pitching dominates and Lindor just goes psycho. And I, by the way, I don't think Lindor goes anywhere this year. I don't think he gets traded. I think they hold on to him. If things go well, I think they hold on to him. And they yeah, I mean, if things go well, you can't give up, but that's another huge factor too that we haven't even mentioned. Trade deadlines halfway through the year. So teams are going to have to decide real quick, okay, are we in it? Are we not in it? Are we giving away our star players? Because, you know, the buyers are going to be way more hungry come that final month to get those stars maybe normally than they would be. Yeah, because you're out in the gate and you can't – there's no time to second guess. Regular season, you have two months to really look in advance to see who you're going to want to get, who do we need to add – to bolster this lineup and make a run. Now it's, hey, 30 games in, what do we need? Are we there? If we're not in it, guys that are going to be trade bait are going to be guys that are on contract, not really performing as well. We talked about Clint Frazier possibly being trade bait this yeah. year, which I think he could very well be just the way he's been playing. But if your team's not in it, if you're if you're sitting six games out of it, even five come halfway through the year, that's a lot of games in a, in a short season to come back from. Guys that are on contracts, bad contracts, might get shipped and you get a good return. Because this year, I think teams are going to be hungry because the it's right there. You're If you're in the mix, it's 60 games. Postseason's going to be here in a couple months. So I think teams are going to really sell out and try to, you know, try to get a World Series title for cheap here. Yeah, for sure. And I'll just mention the Brewers here real quick because uh, I know Jensen always watches. He's a Brewer fan, but... You know, I, I really do like their offense, especially with the DH, now that they can put Braun there and uh, put Justin Smoke at first base. Not like Justin Smoke is, is some amazing hitter, but he's a switch hitter with power, better than a pitcher. So, I mean, adding a guy like that into the lineup is great. And again, I mean, I, I keep saying it to people that keep saying, oh, the NL is not prepared for a DH. I mean, a bench player in single A is a better option than a fucking pitcher at the plate. I mean, come on. So, you know, the DH for everyone is going to benefit – uh, so it's, it's just a ridiculous argument, but I'm looking at the Brewers here. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could put Smoke 7-8, 22 home runs last year, league average at the plate. That's not bad. And, you know, they still have some guys on the bench too. You know, Brock Holt maybe gets some playing time if they DH someone else. But, you know, like we like we said, I mean, Brandon Woodruff up there, I, I don't know, as an ace, Adrian Hauser is your two. I, I, I just, you know, Brett Anderson too. He benefited from Oakland last year because that's a huge ballpark. His ERA was 389, but his FIP was 457. So you see that ballpark and his and the A's had the best infield defense in the league last year. That really helped him. So as a three, I'm kind of scared about that. 
Eric Lauer, I don't know, Josh Lindblom coming from Korea. Uh, but that bullpen I like. Josh Hader, Corey Knable, really good. So Indians, Brewers are kind of at that same level for me. Everything has to go right. So you're looking at these divisions. You said Cubs, Reds at the top, tied in the central. What about the AL? The AL have the Twins. I have them finishing at 33-27, and 27, outlasting the, uh, the White Sox by a couple games. And then I got Cleveland sitting at 500 right now. But that division is going to be really close. I think White Sox, like I said, could play a hot hand. Cleveland, they're pitching. Who knows what could happen in that. It's not. It's going to be a three-game swing. Is the, the biggest question this whole season, like we said, is going to be who's pitching is going to, going to rise the occasion. And can the offense stay consistent through a good enough span and complement your pitching hand-in-hand. Hand. And whichever team does that is going to – end up being your division winner and going to make the postseason, I think Minnesota right now sets up perfectly in the AL for that as of this moment. Yeah, I agree with you. Minnesota at the top, then Chicago, and I'm just swapping with you in the NL Central. I'm high on the Reds. I got them over the Cubs. Uh, we'll go over the wild card, though, in our last pod uh, on the East on you know our full playoff bracket uh, and stuff like that. So uh, that'll do it for our Central pod. Um, we're going to have our West one come out tomorrow previewing the West divisions. You have any other bold predictions for anyone in these central divisions? Uh, not right now. The, uh, I guess the biggest one would be, uh, Donald, you know, yeah. yeah, Donaldson was, I really like him coming into this year just and blowing the doors off. You know, he just, to me, has a great approach. Like I said, I can't, can't envy it enough. And I think with the new, with a new team after playing in Atlanta really well, just getting, I think he's going to be comfortable in that lineup with all the guys they got, all the star power, guys that hit palms with him, and he just fits in perfectly with that Minnesota lineup, and he's not going to miss a beat. It's going to feel like home for him and playing a good park that the ball does carry pretty well in, that ball in, in Minnesota. So look for him to have a great year, and that's probably one of my boldest predictions in this whole region so far. All right, so we got Donaldson for MVP from Steve Cat. We have it on record, so if it doesn't happen, we've got you on tape. So we we yeah. got to hold you to it, but yeah, if he bats like one, if he bats like 120, then you know everyone can come blow, find this clip and send it out, blow it up, and uh, just rip me apart. Yes, please, we got to do it. So that'll do it for the uh, Central Pablo. We'll the West come out tomorrow, and uh, we'll see you next time.